Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? Well, Jude, I'm excited because today we get to welcome a podcasting duo whose Marvel scope extends beyond Disney Plus and the movies. You can find them rewinding and reviewing every week on the podcast, MCU Rewind, but today I'm delighted to welcome Al and Tony to the show. Welcome, guys. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hey. Yeah, how's it going? Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. So, you two have been running MC Rewind since July of 2017. First of all, congratulations, because that is an incredible amount of time. And it's so cool. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, we we did our uh, four-year episode recently, and uh, I think at the end, I I kept saying to Tony, like, thanks, there are only so many things that I've done this long. (laughs) It's only because of Tony. (laughs) Oh, man. It's it's funny how whenever you dedicate to a project that long, it really puts into perspective, you know, when you're dealing at large gaps of time like that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, four years. What got y'all started? What what made you two decide? Hey, we're doing a podcast. Well, um, I have been wanting to do a podcast for a long time. Uh, I actually was. This was in the heyday of the movies by minutes podcast. You know, Star Wars minute, Back to the Future minute. Mm-hmm. I went to Al saying I want to do a Marvel Cinematic Universe minute. So start with Iron Man, one minute at a time, three or five days a week. And thank God Al talked me out of that. Uh, <laughs> that was going to be my first podcast, our first podcast. And I was thinking, oh, it's not going to be that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, Al and I have both independently tried to do second podcasts. And we figured out that was too much work doing more one ep- than one episode a week. <laughs> but I do like the, like, complete. I'm a completionist. I will play... Every spinoff of Kingdom Hearts, I will watch every uh, minor episode of Star Wars. So I wanted to like fully in depth into Marvel. So right. uh, we decided to do all of Marvel, all <laughs> of everything. This is how I consider it now. Everything that was intended to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. So when it was made, it was okay. planned to be that way. <laughs> So, so even from the beginning or the genesis of MC Rewind, the Marvel television shows were on the docket as well. Oh yeah, that's definitely. awesome. <laughs> it's it's really interesting to hear you frame it as like being a completionist. Like I, I like that approach to tackling this behemoth of a franchise. Yeah, it's it's daunting. We have it planned out to what out twenty twenty six right now, <laughs> and we don't have yeah. any of the Disney Plus stuff on our schedule yet. <laughs> now. I looked at your schedule and you had it at 2026. Are y'all ending there or are you going to keep, you're going to extend that schedule? Well, to be honest, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think we even know if we're going to make it that far. <laughs> I, I mean, like, <laughs> and, and I'm not saying like, oh, we just want to give up someday, but you know, like in our minds, it's, it's very easy to like plan out the episodes because we do the one a week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we've kind of talked like, all right, well, at some point, maybe something with life will get in the way. And maybe we'll just stop. Maybe this is a good spot to stop or, or something yeah. like that. So, I mean, we have absolutely no idea. We're just going. We'll see what happens. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of our, our mindset. Uh-huh. In my mind, we will make it either to the end of the Infinity Saga or a few months after that, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finish. Or we okay. will go on forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Hey, forever's good. It's Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I I was listening to the Spider-Man part one and y'all were joking about like once y'all finish up with the MCU, then I think there was like Star Wars on the table or other other franchises as well. So it it's cool that y'all have that plan moving forward. Yeah, um, we have a running <laughs> joke that we're going to cover the Scorpion King movies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one should be worthy of the minute by minute. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so. I'm assuming there was a connection before the podcast, but how far back does that love of Marvel go? And if we could start with you, Al. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it goes back to as, as a kid, pretty much watching the the cartoons on Fox. Uh, just fell in love with those. And then uh, as a teenager, uh, I pretty much just started going to a comic shop on weekends. A friend got me to go for uh, like playing tabletop games. And then that just kind of expanded into like, well, I'm here what are these cool comic books that I've never actually read, mm-hmm. but I've only seen them in cartoons. And so mm-hmm. that just kind of expanded from there. 
Uh, and then as soon as the movies came out, it was just like love it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hook, line, and sinker with that. What was your, what was the first one that got your attention? Is it pre Iron Man or was Iron Man the one to do it? Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, as far as the the movies, yeah, I, I guess Iron Man was the first one that really got me <laughs> into the Marvel movies. You know, see, I I know I watched all of the other ones mm-hmm. before, but I never never cared as much. You know, for years I just liked the cartoons way way more because. You know, as a TV show, you can do kind of more, and there are cartoons, so it's easier to do, you know, cool graphics, that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, right. Uh, it wasn't until Iron Man came out, and I, I know I've told Tony this a uh, ton of times, but just seeing the that cool animation of just the gears the first time he's putting the suit on, yeah, uh, the the one that he makes, not the one in the desert, like, oh, that is so cool. I could just, I could just watch that all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what about you, Tony? How I got into it was, I, this is going to be uh, pretty heretical on this podcast and my podcast. As a little kid, I was more of a DC guy. <laughs> I, you know, I was into uh, Batman the Animated Series, Justice League, all that. Mm-hmm. But when I was 12 years old, this movie called X-Men came out. And it mm-hmm. blew my mind because, like, they could all have different powers and there are hundreds of them. And I kind of fell into the comics around that time. And my older mm-hmm. cousin... He's about 12 years older than me, was a huge Spider-Man guy. And he just gave me, like, loads of Spider-Man comics. Oh, wow. None. Like, he kept, like, the ones that he loved. But I got a bunch of, like, part two of seven and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, So I kind of fell into it. And, like, from the first X-Men movie, because Blade just went right past me. I was too young for that. <laughs> um, From the first X-Men movie, I was like, Every time there's a superhero, even if it's a superhero I've never heard of, I'm going to go see this movie and we'll find out who they are and their backstories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like, since since then, with very few exceptions, I still love DC, but Marvel's on screen has blown everything DC's done out of the water. So, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's cool. What, a, what an interesting way to, to dive into it by having... A, a gift of those comics to get you started. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I had a very similar experience, but I didn't know, like, I didn't realize blade. Cause I, I really stuck with the mainstream. Like when I was younger, I had X-Men comics and I was in more DC comics. Yeah. Um, and I collected comics right around the whole doomsday Superman storyline. Mm-hmm. And so when blade came out, I remember seeing the movie. I loved it, but I had no idea. Cause I, because I had read more DC comics. Do either of y'all still keep up with the comics today? Um, I, in the last, well, during the pandemic, I've subscribed to Marvel Unlimited mm-hmm. and I've been catching up, mm-hmm. but Gosh. I fell off for a long mm-hmm. time. That completionist on that? It's too much, man. It, <laughs> it's too much to be completionist <laughs> on that. <laughs> you got to have a little bit. That's my hardest thing with uh, comics in general is like, or I'll read this. Well, actually, I need to start back here at this event. Well, actually, these seven things started this event. And I keep going back further and further. Yeah. So I have like anything that's over 20 years old, unless it's like Dark Phoenix Saga or something huge. I, I just have to limit myself somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, I complain often about disliking time travel, but I got to say, uh, you know, keeping track of the the comic book storyline of you know which thing to read first and second, and and waiting uh, to read something else first before you can read the next thing in the story. Like, I think that's harder. That's harder to do what's in your mind. <laughs> keeping track of those storylines, those timelines. It is one hundred percent the reason why it wasn't until the MCU movies that I finally got into the superhero side of stuff like Die Hard because it's the, what you described is like I don't know where to start, and so I just you know uh, analysis paralysis just stopped. I didn't get to choose any of them. yeah well cool so if you haven't already you should definitely be checking out their show mcu rewind you can find it on most podcast platforms or if you go to mcurewind.com you should be able to find their show there as well of course if you've downloaded this episode then you know we're going to be discussing bringing in the marvel television stories to the mcu So just to set the stage a little bit, a a few weeks ago, James Gunn put out a tweet that essentially stated that all shows prior to Disney Plus were not canon. To quote him, he said, there was never any coordination between the earlier TV stuff and the cinematic side of Marvel like there is now that they're all under the purview of the Marvel Studios. So even before James Gunn's stirring of the pot, uh, the connection between the MCU and the other shows have always been a debate. 
So knowing that you two have been championing the often shunned shows, we really wanted to take some time to talk about them today. I, I think the easiest place to start is by defining the personal importance of the MCU canon. So starting with you, Tony, what do you think? Well, I have a conflicting feelings about quote unquote canon. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a um, vast majority of the Marvel TV shows. So even if they're mm-hmm. not canon, I still there's still stories I enjoy and I still love those characters. I love the characters from Shield. I love uh, most of the Netflix characters. We'll talk about some of them later. <laughs> but <laughs> I can um, I, I can feel the disdain. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> but if there was ever a shred of this could be canon, I am clinging onto that with all my might because I I would love these things I already love to be part of to be recognized by the vast majority of fans. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. fine that they're not canon, but if they are canon, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. That's where my mind is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that, yeah. I, I think it's when we guested on your show, I can't remember the exact context at which it came up, but it was the discussion of the Sokovian Accords. And you, I think, Tony, you were going to bat for it in the episode. And I was like, this is awesome. I love, I love how much you were, like you said, trying to hold on to that shred of continuity. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Sokovia Accords are our biggest headache trying to <laughs> rectify canon yeah. to the shows. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so often it's just used as this, like, oh, this has to happen. Why? Uh, because of the Sokovia Accords. Oh, okay. And and then, like, mm-hmm. they kind of say that, and then they don't really go back to it, and it's uh, it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems like a, a real easy catch-all for any of those hiccups in the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, what about you, Al? Yeah, um, oh, okay. I mean, similar to what Tony said, I, you know, I, I love the fact that we have more stories that are already there. And so I'm, I am very, very desperately clinging on to the fact that the TV shows that have previously existed are part of the MCU, Mm -hmm. Um, especially my absolute favorite show, agents of shield, because one of the main stars Coulson was in like all but one of the phase one MCU movies. There were uh, some cameos by two other characters in the first, uh, two seasons this isn't really a uh like a, a spoiler or anything but i mean even uh nick fury shows up as like a an after credit scene in um in, in the first season mm-hmm. in, in, in one of the episodes mm-hmm. uh, and, and there are a couple, couple of other characters too who, who were in the movies and then we get like a small cameo of them in that show and so i feel like you know that kind of just really takes it away if you know they started as hey this is mcu uh well maybe never mind i mean yes they were separate they, they were made by separate groups um, i don't fully understand that i know tony can explain that way better than me uh but different studios made them uh and there was mm-hmm. probably like you know internal politics involved with well what characters can we use well we want to use this one well too bad we're going to use this character here you know that kind of stuff and so yeah you know Kev- kevin Feige had a quote um back in uh, February of this year, uh, and I forgot where it was, but the quote from him was um, when in relation to the the MCU shows being on Disney Plus was uh, uh, for the first time with Interleak or uh, with Interlink. Uh, so the MCU will be on your TV screen at home on Disney Plus and interconnect with the movies and go back and forth, which uh, I mean, from there, he's basically saying like, this is the first time because it's the, the one <laughs> studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have to fight with anyone else. Right. So like... I, I get that the uh, wanting to like start fresh kind of concept with some of these characters, like not have to deal with the, uh, you know, uh, I guess legacy is, is the phrase mm-hmm. that I would use, um, mm-hmm. even though the legacy is like two or four years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, no, it's interesting because Star Wars went that way where you have the legacy and what is canon. Or is it legacy or legends? It's, it's like all the stuff prior to, to Disney owning it. Yeah, it's the legends, and I mean, I understand that because just like in comics, I was really uh, hesitant to get into when the, the pre-Disney acquisition of all the Star Wars stuff. But since they rebooted mm-hmm. it, I, I'm, a com- I'm in completionist with that. I've been trying to read the novels. I'm keeping up with the comics yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And 
And unfortunately, that is also kind of different too, right? Because um, with Star Wars, the different TV shows are still part of the the same mm-hmm. canon, at least now that you know everything Disney makes. Um, yeah. So, like, uh, trying to think of, of an example, like the current show, the the cartoon, the Bad Batch, the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the movies. They are, even though those are made by, I'm pretty sure they're made by different studios. Uh, they're all still uh, within the same canon. Yeah. yeah, um, Disney, uh, not Disney, uh, Star Wars is doing it right because, in like, what I want going back to the canon question is like in Rogue One, you see the robot from Star Wars Rebels going just in the background, he has there's no bearing on the story, anything, but me as a fan who knows who that droid is. It's just like, yes. oh my god, it's Chopper! Oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah, it's canon! Yeah, <laughs> that's all I want, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Well, to see Ghost and yeah. the you know the ship in mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, if we could see, um, I'm real bitter about uh, in Age of Ultron when the helicarrier comes up. That's the easiest way to get one or two Agents of Shield characters just in the background at a um, at a station on the car- the helicarrier. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they just didn't do that. Yeah, I think to kind of sum up my feelings with it after after listening to you too is there is this clear feeling that at one point they were trying to make this all interconnected and so mm-hmm. uh al when you were mentioning that quote about kevin feige saying for the first time they're interlinked it is this this feeling of like somebody like all right i'm gonna take my toys and go home like it's just kind of shunning off yeah. the, the what, what, <laughs> yeah. what was once there and and tony it is it's it's hard to see that because and the way you described it, I know there are others out there that are like when they see those little nods back and forth between the shows or the movies, it is that feeling of elation. And so I think that's what's always fascinated mm-hmm. me about this limbo, I guess, is the best mm-hmm. way you can put it between the I, is it Marvel Television and Marvel Studios? Were those the two? Yes, the, were. I think those yeah. were the two. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I've always been fascinated to, to see how that gets reconciled, especially within the fandom. Mm-hmm. As of well, I can wrap my head, and we'll talk. We might talk about this later. I can like weave my mind around it to like justify. Yes, they are still canon because this doesn't conflict with this, and this doesn't conflict with that. Mm-hmm. So it's like in my mind, even though I know it's kind of BS. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It, it feels like we're kind of dancing around it. So I think this might be a good place to go to the spoiler zone. So normally, whenever we set this up, this is with regards to the movies and the Disney Plus shows. But with this spoiler zone, we are going to be getting into the discussion of the Netflix and Marvel television shows as well. You're going to hear an audio cue. And on the other side, it'll be fair game for all spoilers of those criteria. So we'll see you on the other side. And we're back. Like I mentioned earlier, it, I feel like the easiest way for me to describe it is this feeling of limbo with Marvel Television and Marvel Studios. But with that in mind, if you're in charge of choosing, do you bring in complete shows or would you pick and choose the characters that get brought in from the Netflix and Marvel Television side of the Marvel Universe? If we can start with you this time, Tony, what do you think? Well, it's really, a, I think, a case-by-case basis. Um, mm-hmm. There are some shows like... Definitely Daredevil and Jessica Jones, where their third season ended, and they're kind of at the end of that journey, but really mm-hmm. ready to start a next adventure. Jessica mm-hmm. has re-decided to be part of New York City and stay there and continue with her investigation, and uh, Matt Murdock has decided that he's reconnected with Foggy and Karen and is but still going to continue to be daredevil those are great starting off points like so we can have a spider-man style introduction where we don't need a backstory if you care about his backstory you can go back and watch the shows mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah so with matt and jessica you can just pluck those characters and maybe some supporting cast if you really want to and put them in the mcu mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. luke and um iron fist luke cage and iron fist ended their seasons kind of both of them at, at cliffhangers ready for a third season mm-hmm. so if you pluck those characters out for the fans of the tv show it would not be satisfying because you 
I don't see Marvel Studios wanting to continue those stories in a feature film or even a Disney Plus because it's kind of too dark for Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, and that's the one of the first hangups because as far as my familiarity with the Netflix shows, Daredevil is the mm-hmm. only one that I've seen the a season and a half of. And yeah. and that's the thing that I always get stuck on is like, man, tonally, I don't know how it fits into the MCU, which generally leans more towards cheery, a little comical. Like, they get serious, but nowhere near as serious as Daredevil gets, at least of what I've seen. But I, I got to mm-hmm. say, I really appreciate the way you had framed it, because I've never thought about it that way, of uh, Daredevil and I, I think you said Jessica Jones, their stories are complete, but with mm-hmm. Luke Cage and Iron Fist, not so much. So mm-hmm. I never thought about that before, and that's an interesting way to think about it. Well, I'm going to say, with that Luke Cage... Man, the the way season two ended, I'm mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still wishing to to see the end of that. It was it was a really good cliffhanger. I, I completely agree with you on that on that idea though. That um, I don't think if they did that, they would want to that they would finish it. Um, yeah, tonally and just it just doesn't seem like something that they want to they would pick up. Which is unfortunate, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe if they, you know, brought those characters in, they might reference something uh, about that, mm-hmm. um, or ne- you know, just ignore it. You know that 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 kind of style. You know, I kind of wonder also, like, you know, let's say they bring in any of these characters uh, from any of the shows. You know, especially let, let's talk about the specifically these uh, the ones on the Netflix shows. Like, if they bring these characters in and they recast them. Like that gets hard to like have that head cannon and say, mm-hmm. okay, well it's it's the same. Like you could you could say, yeah. okay, well it's it, okay. May, maybe they got one of the the actors to say the same, but it gets a little little hard to like then say like, well, are these actually the same characters, right? Because mm-hmm. you know you you could make the argument that yeah, maybe these characters have just changed. It's been some number of years. All of the the Netflix shows happened before uh, the events of Infinity War, mm-hmm. and so maybe you could say that they were. They stuck around during the snap. Maybe they've had more time to grow and change that kind of thing. Um, and so now this is just a completely uh, different part of their lives. It's been eight years or something to that effect. I mean, you could just mm-hmm. make up a number, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, at, at that point, like, yeah, their their life is going to be very different from the stories that they left off with. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you could just mention that someday that previous story uh, if they want to or really they can probably get away with just never mentioning it like that's also entirely possible and then you know those of us who are really clinging to these being part of the mcu at least get to keep telling ourselves that mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah well you know what they could probably use the blip to their advantage the blip or i mean even loki mm-hmm. The multiverse like i mean various yeah. like it, it, it could be a wink and a nod of like hey this is the one you know, a variant of the one in the Netflix shows, but slightly different or, you know, wholesale, it's the entire cast. Mm -hmm. And if we do like in the comics, a, like a secret war, um, battle world thing where everyone kind of conjoins, like how they would get people are theorizing how they would get the X-Men in there. If they want to keep doing old man, Logan and stuff we can have, uh, in the comics, they pulled, just popular characters from their universes and put them in the main timeline. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like if they were going to do that, that is phase seven, eight <laughs> of Marvel. It's not phase four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's yeah. a way to no, go. They, no, you're right, because Marvel, Marvel's good at, at slow burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that kind of storyline, I mean, that is a complete reboot, right? Like, that's one of those mm-hmm. things, like, well, hey, it's been 30 years. Um let's bring Iron Man back or let's bring Tony Stark back, right? That kind of thing. Because that happens in the comics. And yeah. like that kind of thing is like, that's that's a full on like, all right, we're we're basically starting over. We'll keep some of this stuff so that the storyline still goes, but you get to kind of start fresh. And I, I don't know. I mean, so far they haven't done any kind of real retconning uh, within the MCU. Mm-hmm. Like they, they've done a little bit, you know, there, there's some mm-hmm. stuff where they, they uh, clarify 
And that clarification um, just kind of adds to stuff, or maybe it does change things a little bit, but but not at all. Yeah. Like the the spirit is still there. Yes. And and this is why I'm a little bullish on all the multiverse stuff that's coming in, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because because I, I I like the one timeline. I I don't like the the alternate stuff. It doesn't feel yeah. as as uh, real to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I think you're the first I've heard not really excited about that. Oh well. Uh, that's good. I'm holding back. Uh, Tony's heard me complain many, many, many times. <laughs> that in time for well, no, I mean, well, I mean, but but everybody I've talked to is excited about the multiverse. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. I think you're the first that that, that I've come across that have been excited about the multiverse. <laughs> I was with you though, especially the way they took it, like watching Loki in the beginning, and just that whole. <sighs> It's weird, like the sacred one timeline. Mm-hmm. What they what it took to set up to get there, I felt like it kind of diminished everything we already did, and so that was that was a struggle for me, you know. So that that was so I I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I'm I you know I I do want to say I love everything within the MCU. Uh, some things less than others, but <laughs> for the most part, <laughs> um, you know, e- even Loki, I love the show. I feel like it left on um, a number of cliffhangers, and I think mm-hmm. that one kind of bothered me with with you know as far as a TV show goes. But yeah. you know, I'm still keeping my mind open. Uh, we'll see where where things mm-hmm. go. This is it, it's kind of the the introductory part, so we'll, we'll see how it ends up. But uh, but yeah, so far I'm I'm just very bullish on on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I apologize because I'm throwing this on you on the spot. But y'all mentioned how there aren't that many conflicts between Marvel Television and Marvel Studios. Off the top of y'all's head, do y'all know of some of the bigger conflicts that do arise? Um, yes, definitely the last two seasons of Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. Context for Agents of Shield: at the end of the fifth season, they thought it was the end of the show. They had a beautiful ending, in my opinion, one of, like would have been an amazing finale. And the finale ended with them talking about uh, Thanos' invasion of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. So it was lining up with Infinity War. Mm-hmm. They ended like the last shots were before the snap. Oh, wow. Well, they get renewed for two more seasons. Uh-huh. And there wasn't a snap. Oh. They don't refer to it at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it, in my mind, <laughs> that t- those two seasons take place during the snap, and they just choose never to say it. But yeah, see. <laughs> this, this goes back to that whole separate studios, and it's just uh, it's just way easier to, to not do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm assuming <laughs> it's pretty traumatic to live through the snap, so maybe it was just repression on the character's part to just never bring up the snap within the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, I feel like... These S.H.I.E.L.D. agents who are to do uh, deal with superhero crises and extraterrestrial crises, I think they mention it. So that's my biggest difficulty. If Like, we love those S.H.I.E.L.D.ies, as we call them. But mm-hmm. that would be the biggest difficulty is bringing those characters into the MCU. Which is so funny because I think between... Netflix and Marvel Television, they were the ones that had the most ingrained hooks between, but yeah, it's 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 a little sad to see that it's the one that has the most complications of getting back into the stories now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's yeah. interesting because season five of Agents of Sealed is the last season I saw. Yeah. So I ended at a good spot. So it, it, for, personally for you, it's still fixed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for me, it's fine. Like, I'm good. <laughs> it's all yeah. canon. And, um, like, I can make, we can make it work because season five and season season seven rely heavily on time travel. And they actually Mm -hmm. go uh, use quantum time travel in the, I think, the finale of season seven, the um, series finale, to go back to the present from, like, I don't remember. They were, like, the 1960s or something like that. So we can say, Mm -hmm. like, the multiverse time travel like they did in Endgame where the past doesn't affect the future or however Bruce Banner explained it. The past becomes your well, future. Whatever your, your present whatever your present is because you continually make choices mm-hmm. your, the choice you just make is now your future. Mm-hmm. So even if you time yeah. travel back to the past you are experiencing the present. You always experience the present because you continue to make choices. 
See, this is why if if time travel were real, I would be very much a Scott Lang because my only references <laughs> would be to movies, and that's how I would right. understand time travel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love time travel stories, but I completely understand why Al hates them. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's funny, Al, when you were speaking on paper. I'm right there with you. Jude, we talked about it whenever the potentiality of a multiverse was on the horizon. I mentioned like feeling like you can't have stakes with a multiverse because it's like, okay, if something bad right. happens to this one, just go to the next multiverse. And it's fine. Like you lose that yeah. element to it. But, and I've, I've had similar feelings with time travel because it also gets really messy and it just feels complicated mm -hmm. storytelling wise. But for whatever reason, I guess this is the fanboy in me. Marvel just won me <laughs> over with it because I ended up loving Endgame and I'm totally fine with where we are with Loki, at least so far. <laughs> but yeah. So <laughs> well, you're, you're not, a, you know what? And it's, it, Go ahead. So I was just all that to say, you're not alone, Al. I just ditched. <laughs> <laughs> the mouse well, has no, me. It's, that, <laughs> the mouse has you. Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to say, Into the Spider-Verse, mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons why that works so well is the, the stakes. Like, all the universes were at stake. Mm-hmm because of Kingpin's machine and, and it wasn't just they're coming to help one universe and that, and to me, like you're saying the stakes, that's going to be the trick of, is there a universe that is universe prime, so to speak, you, you know, that like, if that goes away, everything else goes away. Cause, cause otherwise you do get into that. Oh, I'll just jump to the next and we're all good. Well, and, and like y'all said, this is kind of what the secret most run, um, current run of Secret Wars was mm -hmm. a way to pull in, you know, characters from other verses and just to get them together in the comics. So, yeah. And I, I don't know if that's satisfying in the shows. <laughs> you know, I, I guess it, it kind of depends on on how they they show it to us as the audience. Right. Like, you know, there, there can be some of those things where the story like. Like, yeah, maybe it's it's a little uh, cheap in that, that regard of like, oh, it was all a different universe kind of thing. But if they show it right, uh, and I fully mm -hmm. trust uh, Marvel Studios to be able to do this, then oh, yeah, yeah. It, it would work out well. Like, I mean, going with your example, right, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, like, we really only got the perspective of Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. And he happened to get help from the spider characters from different universes and that didn't matter right because we only cared really about miles morales mm -hmm. and the the story you know was all really self-contained it only happened to involve uh alternate universes it didn't right. like threaten everyone and all of this stuff uh, also it it didn't give us a lot of details i think one of my complaints a lot of time with with time travel and and uh, alternate universes is the amount of details they're like we'll, we'll get a line here or there with some details and then mm -hmm. later on we'll get something that kind of contradicts that thing earlier and then that just that, that that's where it really pulls me away yeah mm -hmm. keep it vague and then you can say everything is possible <laughs> yeah <laughs> well hey you know what through Loki, that was one of my things. I kept getting bogged down in the mechanics. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like yeah. like it was. Well, the, the the prime example was the Nexus event on Lamentus. You know, and it was just like you've already established this is an apocalypse. There can't be a Nexus event. You know, and and so to have a Nexus event that didn't change the fact that it was going to be an apocalypse shouldn't have happened like you, you know and so and so like i i kept getting bogged down into those little mm -hmm. those things the, the details yeah and i uh, this isn't what this episode's about but i can i've explained to al multiple times how that nexus event makes sense in the context of the show mm -hmm. um, i don't know if we want to get yeah. into that but <laughs> yeah. well no I, well i'm going to say this like i think in the con i think you're right in the context of the show that that makes sense but i kept getting bogged down yeah. to the mechanics to like bring it back Topic-wise, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the difficulties when you start talking about what's canon and how to bring things in. Because you get us who remember these little details. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you're like, wait a minute, in this season of this, this happened. So, you know, why is this happening here when you bring in this character? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, and, and so I, I, think, I think that's what makes that, that idea difficult. You know, because just the details there and the things that us as fans remember. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, in the you know bringing this back to Star Wars, I, I'm <laughs> going to bring up a thing Tony has told me many times, but I, I get the wording wrong, so he's going to correct me in about thirty mm-hmm. seconds. Um, <laughs> now who's time traveling? The, uh, <laughs> Ah, all right, you got me. Fine. <laughs> uh, but no, um, you know, in, in Star Wars, they they have a person whose job it is to literally keep track of all of this stuff, all of the details, the mm-hmm. things that are, are said in by different characters. Like, what are the facts that this character established? You know, when did that happen? And you know, in relation to the timeline and that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. as far as I know, that doesn't really exist within within the MCU. Uh, we we've gotten a couple of weird timing things that have happened like just in the movies too um yeah uh, some of the the timing with uh spider-man far from home got really weird uh with yeah. like the years and stuff of when we know like that mm-hmm. happened in relation to the avengers uh and, and that kind of stuff yeah his name's uh lee lynchy keeper of the holocron also marvel has a story with. i couldn't <laughs> You were right, Al, but I couldn't go on without correcting you. You predicted it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to keep the sacred timeline of this podcast. So thank you, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, I, I asked y'all about any of the conflicts between Marvel Television and Marvel Studios. I'm curious now. Do y'all have any moments where they connected? That is your favorites. Like little payoff moments. <laughs> <laughs> um, two come to my mind first mm-hmm. is, and always it always goes TV shows reacting to the movies because it's never gone, if, with exception one time, any other way. But um, Lady Sif, a guest starring in Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. uh, especially the mm-hmm. one with her sister Lorelai, which was the last episode before the Fall of Shield in season one, mm-hmm. I think was mm-hmm. amazing. Anytime the shield, it happened only a few times, but when the shieldies interact with Asgardians, I think is great. But yeah. more importantly, the one time it was referenced in the movies in Endgame, when we see Howard Stark and his butler Jarvis, played yes. by the same actor who is Jarvis in the Agent Carter TV show, and I had the same reaction like I had in Rogue One. It's like, oh my god, it's a guy! <laughs> <laughs> you know, that moment stands out to me so much because I- I've seen Agent Carter, but I-, I wasn't as connected to the Marvel television side. But mm-hmm. I remember sitting in the theater and seeing Jarvis pop up on the screen. Like, I was... That that movie already had me in tears so much just because I get so emotional in movies. But that moment happened and it was just like a silent happy tear because, like, everybody was getting a piece of what they wanted in that farewell mm-hmm. of a movie and it was just so cool to see that they paid it off even as little as a moment as it was yeah and that's what i mean it's just like we don't need a big scene with uh fitz and simmons from agents of shield having their action scene no just having them in the background and that's literally good enough right mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i i'm i'm the same way like well when you think about the netflix shows that they did connect simple things like the newspaper mm-hmm. on on the wall about the avengers event and and those types of things like that that alone was exciting like that like you said that's all you needed you know so it's it's a shame that that didn't follow through because mm-hmm. clearly agents of shield season one you mentioned lady sif you've already mentioned fury showing up maria hill the connection to winter soldier like that they yeah. were clearly that the idea was those were connected. Mm-hmm. I mean that I don't think they re- I don't think they fully thought through Coulson, but they were clearly connected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They they had a they had a whole storyline for that to to explain it, but that was that, that was an early storyline. Uh, <laughs> that first season was was rough to get through. <laughs> well, you know it's it's so funny you mentioned that Jude because that first season is everybody's milestone of like just get to the Winter Soldier connection. Mm-hmm. Like that's all you need to in Agents yeah. of Shield, and then from there it becomes uh, like legitimately good watching. Really, really mm-hmm. good. But yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Al, I cut you off. You were saying? Oh no, no, you're you're fine. I was I was just gonna um, kind of expand a little. You know, you, you're talking about the, you know, the the small connections of things that are mentioned in the in the Netflix shows, and you know, we <laughs> it was kind of funny. It's like a, a little running joke that, you know, within the Netflix shows, they'll reference the other characters in the movies, but they don't say them by name. They'll talk about the the you know the mm-hmm. uh, the, the god guy. from space with the hammer. Yep, the big <laughs> <green guy>. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
And so, you know, we, uh, but every so often they will actually say the name. I think, you know, once or twice we've heard someone say Tony Stark, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, so we, we at least get that, you know, the towards, I, I guess towards the end, uh, some of the TV shows did have a little bit of uh, crossover with themselves or with, with their, the other shows within the MCU. So like, you know, they were still part of that separate studio. And, and these were really small things like uh, in Cloak and Dagger, there's a, a reference to Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. They're like, there's a, I think he shows up in a newspaper or, or a video. Someone's looking at a phone, something like that. Um, there was a little crossover in the, uh, the Hulu show, uh, the runaways between them and the Cloak and Dagger characters, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I don't expect anything like that, you know, exactly like, like we've been saying, right. I don't, I don't need the, the crossover, but you know, just, just something where, where it matters. Like, you know, so one of the, the big twists that happens um, at the end of season two of agents of shield. And I'm, uh, I, I, I know we said spoilers <laughs> zone, uh, but uh, you know, just yeah. giving you a heads up in case you still haven't seen uh-huh. it. Uh, but you know, one, one of the big twists is that Colson who uh, at the time is running shield has kind of been running this like secondary shield. And mm-hmm. that is the set of shield people that he sends to help during age of Ultron. Yeah. Their uh, whole and, job, was, yeah. their secret mission was to refurbish the helicarrier that fury shows up in, in Ultron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just an acknowledgement of that alone, like, like that, th- that storyline fits so perfectly within the movie and the TV show. And, well, you know, and we didn't they mention? Didn't, yeah, I was gonna say. Didn't they also within that mention the Avengers in terms of finding Strucker? Yeah, they uh, yeah. found Strucker's allies and called Maria Hill to tell the Avengers where Strucker is. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, I just in the movie it would have been it, it would have been nice to have that little nod. Mm-hmm. And I, I gotta say, I'm a little surprised that they didn't do something like that because you know it's it's like if the movie mentions, hey, here's this TV show, kind of surprised yeah. they they didn't like, yeah. do that to say, hey, people, you should also watch this other TV show that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what mm-hmm. the problem behind the scenes, the problem was uh, the head of uh, Marvel TV, Ike Perlmutter, and then Kevin Feige did not get along, and they had been pretty much fighting for years about who has the rights to what, and it was finally. Uh, around Civil War, where they completely split. Yeah. Disney was just tired of their bickering, and just like, all right, you're, um, Feige, you're in charge of all things Marvel, and whatever he can give the shows, whatever they're not using, then Ike Perlmutter and his group can uh, use. Mm-hmm. So, you could tell that, like, they were going on great in 2013, the beginning of S.H.I.E.L.D., but the further you get along, the closer you get to Civil War, you can tell that the connections are getting more and more strained until there are almost no connections at all after Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, Art appropriately. Imitates life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Appropriately, that relationship lasted until Civil War, which is a yeah. perfect way to put it, dude. <laughs> well, you know, it seems like we've, we've got a, a good sampling of things that connect and don't connect. Mm-hmm. But that's going to bring us to our last point, which is simply, which of the shows do you think is the easiest to bring in as is? So if we can start with you this time, Al, which one would you bring in as is? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> uh, so I, I had to think about this. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so I have I have two shows in mind. Mm-hmm. And the first one that I'm going to say is really just a cheat. So it's the Hellstrom TV show. Oh, wow. Which okay. I thought was a very... Uh, bad show. I didn't know if you picked off my scoff of disgust from the Hellstream TV show. Okay, I'll. <laughs> and, and if I remember correctly, Tony, you still have not seen that this is like the one MCU thing you have yeah, not watched. The one right? thing I haven't finished. I'm five <laughs> out of ten episodes in. <laughs> I'll get it before we cover it in the show. But... <laughs> So far, it's the only like even Iron Fist, which is known as the worst Netflix show. Uh-huh. I, there, I have redeeming factors for that show. 
I, there's nothing about Hellstrom that I enjoy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yes. When you scoffed at the beginning, I 100% thought you were talking about Iron Fizz. So to hear it was actually about Hellstrom, <laughs> yeah. it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, Al and I had talked, and I knew he was going to bring this up. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he was ready. <laughs> I am completely outside the wheelhouse of this. What, Just as a brief overview, what is Hellstrom? Oh, okay. So, um, so just before all of the, um, like the Marvel television stuff, like ceased to exist pretty much like the, like, because now all, any TV shows are all Disney plus and that kind of stuff. They had a plan to create, um, and I forgot what the actual term is, but they, they were calling it like their, their horror series or, or something Mar- like Marvel's I world of darkness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, so that's where the Hellstrom TV show came from. There was going to be a Ghost Rider TV show starring Gabriel Luna, who was a uh, Ghost Rider in Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield, kind of stuff. Huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there was at least a third show. I, I don't remember, but they had a plan for this, and all of them were going to be on Hulu. Mm-hmm. So Hellstrom, like they they made Hellstrom. They got of uh, the first season. Then all of the uh, Marvel television shows just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Feige um, snapped his and fingers. So that's, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, th- this show itself is, you know, I've already forgotten the names of the characters. You have this this brother and sister who are uh, paranormal, essentially. They they both kind of have some some powers. Uh, and then they are investigating, like, paranormal type of stuff. Uh, it's It's been a while since I've watched it, and it was it was tough to get through. It is not that, that good of a show. I, I say that <laughs> over and over. <laughs> uh, but the... <laughs> Uh, the reason I said this is a cheat is because this show really has absolutely no connection to anything else in the MCU, and it is just a blank slate. They can say anything. Uh, <laughs> um, there's and one that's... Easter egg connecting it. They have rocks on in the first episode, rocks like, on. just in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so that's that's it. But like my real answer is uh, one of the shows that was on uh, ABC's Freeform. Might have still been ABC Family at the time. I don't remember. But either way. The uh, Cloak and Dagger show, I thought was actually really good. I really enjoyed that show. Uh, and these are two characters. They're teenagers. They're, like, still growing. They, they just got their powers. And some of the, the storylines do get pretty adult, you know, for, for teenage storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not <laughs> nowhere near as adult as, like, Jessica Jones or, uh, or Daredevil. Those, yeah. those went out uh-huh. there. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, they, they have powers. Uh, they mention a couple of things. Uh, the, the dark dimension, that kind of pops up. That pops up in a handful of, of the TV shows. Uh, they just kind of kept reusing that. Mm-hmm. And considering, you know, some of the magic that we're starting to see in the movies, I feel like bringing in these two kinds of characters who have a little bit of a connection already to magic type of stuff, uh, or at least other dimension things. Like that's kind of an, an easy one to to bring them in, uh, especially how season two ends uh, with with those two characters just kind of leaving home and going on their own adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess kind of like what Tony was saying earlier about you know Daredevil and Jessica Jones. You know, at the end, their story is essentially complete, uh, or they they end in a spot where they can just be brought in. I mean, same thing with these two characters from Cloak and Dagger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and Cloak and Dagger is our fan favorites, like from the comics mm-hmm. and stuff. So, so that would also be a good reason to bring them in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a really good answer. I have not personally seen it, but on like I follow a lot of film critics, TV critics, and then people who appreciate Marvel, and I constantly saw praise for that show. So, yeah, that that seems like a really good fit to just bring in, especially framing it the way you did about it being a complete story and ready to be plucked up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and and just kind of like throwing something out there about the show like it's you know it's it's teen stuff teen drama that's that's pretty heavy in the show which i normally do not like at all uh-huh. and it still pulled me in so just kind of throwing that out there <laughs> that's awesome nice so what about you tony um well i've got a kind of a cheat not a not Hellstrom, but um, <laughs> <laughs> not that it would ever make any impact on anything, but like Agent Carter can be pulled fully formed into the MCU, especially since it ended in 1947. Even considering that Cap goes back in Endgame, in the script it says he went back to 1954, so she aged the same amount he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm. there's no reason why all those events didn't happen, but that would, I think, make no impact in the wider MCU. 
So, um, mm-hmm. in my mind, yes, that's the only one that's 100 percent canon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, and if I'm not mistaken, I think the writers of Infinity War and Endgame worked on Agent Carter, so it feels like they such did. a nice leap between those two. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. why also they had the pull to get um, uh, the actor who played Jarvis into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as much as I like my defenders, there are too many conflicts to bring them out fully formed unless you just pluck them in like Moldover style. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's I've got to go agree with Al is um cloak and dagger is probably the best one because it ended before the snap and it um takes place outside of new york it takes place in new orleans oh wow um yes yeah, oh, wow. so you don't have to worry about that um also easy to take in would probably be runaways but i have real conflicting feelings about runaways like personally i would not bring that version into it because runaways is my mm-hmm. favorite marvel comic of all time oh wow Oh, okay. And I, yeah, it was the first one. It came out when I was like 14 or 15. It started coming out. And it's the first one I ever collected issue by issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did not do it justice, in my opinion. Um, so I would really, just selfishly, I'd want to see Marvel do another chance on that one, do another pass mm-hmm. on that. No, but that makes, that makes a lot of sense when it, you. I say, when you have a that, that connection to the source material, yeah. it makes sense that you'd want to. It want it done right. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. One of the things that I, I say pretty regularly about like some of this stuff is, you know, we're, we're getting to the point now with the MCU where a lot of the fans who know the, the comics, like you, you have a lot of people who want to see, you know, a certain thing happen, but you know, they, they don't always enforce that to happen. Right. Like um, we, you know, the, the, the example that I'm always bringing up is uh, Captain Marvel where, you know, we, we know that the scrolls are oh they're evil shape-shifting people mm-hmm. but we get this complete curveball that oh no the scrolls in this case are essentially the good guys right or at least the the ones that we see they're like the refugee characters mm-hmm. yeah so yeah what i'm curious about is would you consider cuz in my mind when i when i thought of this question part of me thought well could i pull in say daredevil if i ignored season 3 like could that you know, which which in my head brought in Punisher, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and season like two could, brought in Punisher. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, no. But that's I'm saying if we ignored season three and brought in Daredevil after season two mm-hmm. to the MCU, do you think that would work? I think it would, considering where he was at the end of season two, where he had like given up being Daredevil, but him like mm-hmm. re reevaluating like the need for daredevil would be a great like hero's journey for a first movie or a first disney plus series yeah also it was before right before the defenders crossover which like if we're not going to pull everyone from the netflix shows that'd be perfect because then we could recast say danny rand (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and the thing is it's a weird question for me because season three is my favorite Mm -hmm. of the the daredevil run but just thinking about like what could i pull in seamlessly you know that god that gets you two good stories there yeah the punisher but even still the punisher was while his his own series were violent you get punisher i mean he's violent in season two but Huh? I don't know if season two Daredevil Punisher violence was the same as his own season violence. <laughs> that is true. He had, <laughs> they ramped it up. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. he, he had a much more straightforward journey of people of killing people who deserved it in the first one and the or in Daredevil. And then I think I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen um, Punisher. It's not. He's mm-hmm. not my favorite character. Mm-hmm. And uh, Defenders, the rest of Defenders are, are fresh in my mind because Al and I just recorded all the Defenders episodes, uh, rewinding those. The first episode mm-hmm. comes out next oh, week. Oh, awesome. Or probably on Monday, the same oh. day this episode drops. Oh, fantastic. Defenders. Can't wait for that. I loved the Defenders. I know I know those people that didn't. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, it was a fun show. Yeah. I, and I, like, if we're bringing the Netflix, we keep talking about Netflix people because it's on top of my head. But... 
<laughs> like people want to don't like uh, Finn Jones' casting as Danny Rand, and mm-hmm. I understand that. Yeah, but he bounces off the other defenders so well. So it's like if you're going to bring, I don't think it would be right to bring in Mike Coulter, Kristen Ritter, and um, uh, the guy who Charlie plays Cox. Matthew Murdock. And I feel Charlie really Cox. Bad. I can't remember his name. Charlie yes, Cox. Charlie Cox. <laughs> um, it, I feel bad bringing those three perfect casting and not bringing in Finn Jones, even like for a Heroes for Hire type show with Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I kept thinking that like Finn Jones, I thought he was a perfectly good actor that he just mm-hmm. like the character he was playing or like the the way that that character was played for the show uh, mm-hmm. was just yeah. I, I didn't like that style like the you know, the, it's a very um man boy type of character yeah or childish yeah. is probably a better description i don't know why i said man boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i don't think i've ever said that phrase <laughs> well i'm glad we got it recorded for the first time <laughs> uh, all right <laughs> but uh no like i i didn't see iron fist but i remember being on the outskirts of it like because they've got a mm-hmm. second season there was a lot of talks that it was almost close to redeeming itself and that was part of the shame of like not yeah. getting a next season so i i see <laughs> i see the points of like the actor being fine it was just the handling of the show itself mm-hmm. um i have a huge mm-hmm. soft spot for season two of iron fist because uh that the year the summer previous to that i went to san diego comic-con 2018 mm-hmm. oh, and, awesome yeah marvel studios wasn't there it was very depressing. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, they, but still, thought, like, like I don't know. Yeah. That's awesome. I did go to the Iron Fist panel and the Coke and Dagger panel, so I have a huge soft spot mm-hmm. for the hype for Iron Fist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and you know, I just kind of want to add, you know, back to the, the the question about, you know, what if we bring in a character from, you know, only partway through the the series that, that we've already seen? Uh, I, I feel like that just gets hard to describe to people. Like when when you go mm-hmm. that route. Now it's just it's just harder to keep track of. Like imagine, you know, talking to your your friends who don't understand or don't really, you know, they they don't follow the stuff like we do. Um so like, oh hey, those old X-Men movies from 20 years ago, are they are they part of the MCU? Oh no, they they don't. It's it anything from this year and on. Oh, okay. And then all of a sudden, oh hey, there's this guy, uh Daredevil. He he had some uh seasons on Netflix. Cool. I'll go watch them. Uh by the way, don't watch the third season because that one doesn't count, <laughs> only the first two. And then he also showed up in this other one, Defenders. Don't don't watch that. So just just season one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh and then they introduce a, a character there, the Punisher. Ignore him. He doesn't exist. <laughs> so I, I feel yeah, but- like that just gets difficult. I, yeah, I've, but Disney Plus has been able to kind of mitigate that because they have uh, Marvel Legends now yeah. on Disney Plus. Yeah. So, like, just show them that 10, 8, 10 minute video and then jump into the new Daredevil show on Disney Plus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those Marvel Legend episodes have become such a smart move on Marvel's mm-hmm. part because it is such an easy, like, dip in, dip out, like, under 10 minutes i think per episode and you kind of get all you need uh in that one viewing at least to have a functional knowledge of whatever mm-hmm. the characters are going to yeah. appear in but i do, I do want to say circling back a little bit al you were talking about the frustration of like is this part of this or this part of that just don't watch this season so on and so forth i like there's nothing definite yet but there are rumblings of the sony villain verse that <laughs> is maybe potentially <laughs> linking up I'm bracing myself for the frustration that that's about to bring in about what is or isn't part of the storyline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's you, why at the top of this uh, episode, I kind of said, we cover everything that was intended to be in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. So if, if they bring in, like if the rumors are true and they bring in uh, characters from Sam Raimi, Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man movies, we're not going to go back and cover all the Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Or we're not going mm-hmm. to cover... I mean, we're not going to cover Venom, mm-hmm. unless it's for a joke episode on Halloween or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we, we only cover the movies that doesn't make Kevin Feige side-eye when someone says it's part of their canon. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was that famous interview no, that, between yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin and Amy Pascal, uh-huh. when she's like, oh, it's going to be adjacent, and Kevin's like, what? Cue Arrested Development theme song. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for the bulk of the episode. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say thank you. This has been a very enlightening conversation about the Marvel television and Netflix side of the Marvel Universe. 
But yeah, thanks for having us, guys. I mean, it, any chance to talk about this, the super nitty gritty nerdy stuff about the characters that only like a handful of people care about <laughs> is what I love doing. Speaking of getting nitty gritty and nerdy, we do have What If premiering this week when this episode drops, August 11th. So, do what are what's everybody expecting? What are you most excited for on this upcoming Disney Plus show? And if we can start with you, Tony, what are you excited about? Well, first of all, it's my birthday Eve, so oh, I would like to thank Marvel for nice <laughs> for giving me that. Um, mm-hmm. No, <laughs> that's I, very thoughtful uh, of them. Yeah, it was. Um, August is usually a dead zone for all superhero stuff, so I'm really happy. <laughs> One of my favorite lesser known comics is The Exiles, which is a about a bunch of heroes from alternate universes teaming up and like protecting universes. That's mm-hmm. what I hope to see in this. There's been rumors of it, of like a, the version of multiverse Avengers or the exiles, like plucking cool characters out of um, their multiverse and having star Lord T'Challa and captain Carter and whoever else um, teaming up for, Maybe Kang, maybe someone else, but I think that'd be really cool. I'm hoping to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Nice. What about you, Al? Yeah, uh, you know, to be honest, I am very much looking forward to not having any idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we uh, all these shows that you know the Disney Plus shows come out, uh, the movies come out, and you know you, you get all that that lead up. You're like, okay, you know this. Uh, what 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 do you expect is going to happen? And you just make start making assumptions. And I'm I'm really looking forward to the fact that because there are so many you know different characters and so many shows, like the trailers that have come out have been so light on the actual details that I just can't even get into my own head for for this show Mm -hmm. (laughs) like um you know back when wandavision first came out i kind of had some of that but you know with Mm -hmm. trailers and all that it's still so easy to just start making assumptions Mm -hmm. and and we all did yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah I, i don't know if i've made any for this show you know i i Saw a headline uh, saying that apparently this is going to be MCU canon. I have no idea if that's true or not. Mm-hmm. I you know, keep getting uh, things pointed at me that are like, oh, this is a rumor that's going on. And I try very hard to just ignore rumors because there mm-hmm. are so many, so many mm-hmm. rumors. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm really just looking forward to just sitting down and, and like watching it without going into the overanalyzing that you know we do as people who... Uh, spend our free time talking to other people about this stuff uh, in a recorded fashion. <laughs> I got to say, I really like that answer because in this like constantly connected internet that we live in, it's, it is an like a privilege to be able to go into a show without knowing as much as we mm-hmm. do. And that's such a great point to bring up about the what if, because we really don't know that much. So I like that mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jude? I was going to say, I feel the same way. Like, I have some glimpses of, like, the T'Challa in the Ravagers, you know, things like that. But I'm, I'm having a hard time piecing it together because it's what if, right? Like, in this alternate universe, what if this happens? What if that happens? And there's so many different things you can tweak and change that I don't know what to expect in terms of what they decided to tweak and change. Mm-hmm. You know, and I haven't watched any trailers that because I think they've released some episode specific trailers now. I haven't seen any of those trailers, only the big broad ones mm-hmm. just to kind of introduce the idea. Yeah. So I'm I, I'm having a hard time, like, not in a not in a bad way. Right. And just of like putting it together. So it is exciting to in a weird way. I think that it levels that elevates my expectations of like, oh, I, I'm, I'm expecting to be blown away by what, <laughs> by what, by what they're going to do. You know, so I don't know if that's a good thing for the show, but I, I know that that is happening for me. Mm-hmm. I know for me, and I feel like this is in, in direct contrast of the two great points that y'all brought out about the lack of expectations, but flying in the face of reason, I am expecting this to be a lot closer to the MCU canon than I think people are expecting just mm-hmm. based off 
if th- my this is my own personal speculation and feeling, but I, I'm going out on that wire. I don't think it's a coincidence that it's happening right after Loki. And so I, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I have this expectation of feeling like by the end of this, we're going to be like, oh, these these aren't just like what ifs, but glimpses into what could be and maybe moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. I'm just hoping for the episode where it's just an anime version of the pilot of Agent of the Shield. And then make that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes you wonder, like it's you know, when when Quake shows up in episode mm-hmm. one, you know, we know all bets right. are off. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all can point back to this episode and say y'all called it, Sarah. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You make every possible prediction; one of them will be right. <laughs> <laughs> well. Tony and Al, I got to say, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you two so much for coming onto this podcast. Thank you. Oh, yeah. No, thank you for having us. We're uh, we're very excited to be here. Um, it's a good show. So uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing my voice on something else again. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, if you want to hear both of their voice, you can find their podcast, MCU Rewind, on most podcast catchers. Or if you go to mcrewind.com, you can find a lot of information on their shows there. Or you can follow them on Twitter, MCU underscore Rewind. Really great people. You should definitely be subscribed and following to their work. But of course, if you have any questions or comments about this episode, you can always reach us at Know on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you'd like to join our Discord, there's a link to the Discord in the show notes as well. Once you get to Discord, make sure you go to the roll assign, click on the I emoji so you can have access to all the spoiler channels. Be sure to follow or subscribe, whichever your podcast catcher of choice does. And the best thing you can do for us is share with a friend. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on a SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes. All right. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. Al, Tony, and Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, Al. Thank you, Tony. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. We'll see you all next week. Okay. See, I was going to jump in, and then I kept waiting for Trey to jump See, in. There's a- I thought you were going to jump in, and then so I, so I was like, uh, wait. And we were doing so good for this whole episode, too. Yeah. It, it's always those slight little noises where I go, and it's like, wait, is he about to do it? And we just kind of psych ourselves out. <laughs> Does that ever happen to you two in y'all's show? Oh, no, we just talk over each other. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's our biggest problem, is we'll, we'll talk over each other. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. after four we've, years, we've it's just like, worked. yeah, screw it. <laughs> well, yeah, we've also, uh, we've been friends since we were 10 years old. Oh, so, wow. yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs>